I'm a go-getter. It's the Go-Getter Podcast with Jay Black. He's on a mission to change the world. Success is the only option. Goals give direction. Goals will save your life. Listen to me when I tell you this. When you're tired of being tired, that's what change will occur in your life. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. You are who you surround yourself with. I need you to change your environment. So instead of going to a concert, let's go to a seminar. Yes, invest in professional development. I need you to change your circle. If you're going to think, think big. Adapt to go get a mentality. My mindset is, since I'm here, why not be the greatest ever? It's a win-win situation. Since say you don't make it to be the greatest ever, you'll just be known as one of the greats. It's about creating separation. I got your back. Ride with me. Success is the only option. What up, world? Yeah, it's your boy Jay Black. Every day I'm grinding the greatness. I'm a go-getter. Let's get straight to it. I'm excited. Yeah. Now, I'm in this guest building today, and he got them three words coming. Not once, but twice again. So here we go. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. So welcome to the Goal Getter Podcast with Jay Black. Goal Getter. What is a goal getter? I know we got some new listeners and new viewers, so I got to break it down. So my logo sums up my message. You know me as a motivational brand. One finger to the brain, one to the sky. With the right mindset, you go to the top. I put the red check next to the brain because everything starts with the mind. And it takes blood, sweat, and tears to achieve goals. You're a goal getter. I'm a goal getter. Success is the only option. But let me break it down even further because I got a real goal getter in the building today. So a goal getter grinds to greatness every day, aims to be the best version of themselves every day, understands that adversity is a part of the journey to success. So we embrace it. We never give up. Success is the only option. Now, we got Glenn Galipsy in the building, the owner of Eggers Restaurant, yes, featured sir. on Restaurant Impossible, husband, father, living legend. Say what's up to the people. What up, my people? What up? I'm so glad you got me in the house, brother. Man. I appreciate you being here, Seth, in this interview, man. So um, before we dive into the interview, you know, um, I got to ask y'all, have y'all been doing y'all exercises? Now, for the new listeners and viewers, it's like, what are the exercises? I'm glad y'all asked. So, as y'all know, we live in a very cold, dark world. So, it's very important that you mentally prepare yourself to conquer your day every single day. So, when you first wake up, I need three positive thoughts. I'll give you a couple examples of mine. Be the change that you want to see in the world. Be a great husband. Now, from there, right, this is when you first wake up. We did the, we did the thinking thing, right? Now, you should be going to the restroom, brushing your teeth, washing your face. If not, we got a problem. But while you're in the restroom and you look at that person you see in the mirror, and I need positive affirmations. And this is your dream, your life, so I need a lot of energy. So I need you to point that person you see in the mirror and say, I am great. I am a winner. Success is the only option. So, like I said, we're live at Edgar's Restaurant. I'm going to dive right into it. I got to know this. This is my first question. When did the cooking bug bite you? Ooh, good question. Hey, early age, brother. Probably about eight, nine about years, eight years old. old. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about that scene. What happened? Where was you at? What uh, what was the dish or what uh, or the show? I was uh, I grew up watching uh, I don't know, I'm probably a little older than you, bro. I was a PBS dude, so I grew up uh, watching the Frugal Gourmet. Remember that dude? Frugal Gourmet. I heard PBS. that name. Yeah, he later on in the game he got a. Uh, 
indicted for like uh, he had his dude as a helper. He's like sous chef. Uh-huh. I want to say his name was Craig. Yeah, it was like came out. He was like sexually abusing dude, but that oh, was later okay. on down the road though. Before that, I was always a big fan. So after morning cartoons, okay, <laughs> they so run from, out after Fat Albert. I started watching the Fruit okay. Gourmet. Okay, okay, so okay. So this dude was like, this is the '80s, man, early '80s. So what kind of things he, was he cooking? He was doing, like I said, frugal gourmet. So you know, his his whole uh, concept of the show was being frugal. So he was doing more or less everyday type meals. He wasn't getting too fancy, but you know, back then in the '80s, early '80s, there was a lot of different, you know, people were trying different things in the kitchen. Okay. You know, American food was just kind of catching on. Before that, you know, it was pretty much McDonald's. People weren't really, I don't know if you remember way back then, you just had like, I always use this example, they had orange juice and grape juice and cranberry juice. I don't know if you remember the next thing, they had like cranberry kiwi. You know, I said, yeah, banana strawberry juice in the grocery stores. So food started evolving in my days, you know what I mean? Before you had like SpaghettiOs and cans and things like that. So. People started getting a little bit more uh, innovative when it came to eating and stuff like that. So I kind of caught that wave, man. And and then all of a sudden you just started getting celebrity chefs started coming out. Before that, you didn't hear too much about celebrity chefs. That was more or less in the South, you know, Creole Emerald. You okay. Know, he wasn't on TV. Food Network didn't exist and all those things. But you started hearing big chef names coming out of New York and things like that. So that kind of piqued my interest and got me kind of dibbling, dabbling in the in the kitchen. Plus, we grew up, we always had a garden in the, in the, you know, growing up in the 70s and, and 80s. People had a lot more gardens back in the day. You know, your, your grandmother, your aunt, they, they cooking collard greens that they grew, kale, all that type of stuff. We were more, people were composting back in the 70s, you know what I mean? Okay. Because back then, I don't know, you, like I said, I'm a little older than you. I don't know if you remember that TV commercial where they had the Indian crying on the side of the street. No, I ain't hip. I'm not hip. I'm not hip. <laughs> oh, yeah, take, but break, yeah, break it down, though. No, you you, you tell us now. Break it down. Listen, bro, back in the 70s, man, look, I'm dating myself, but, uh, you know, trash was all on the side of the roads, mugs. Just you walk, you, people that had to wear seat belts, you know what I mean, in the car. You throw trash out the My window. My mom did tell me that y'all had to wear seat belts. That's nah, crazy. Yeah, think about that. Seat belts. You, people would drive down to eat McDonald's, they throw the whole bag, cans and stuff, so they had a commercial. Uh, highways was all junky where Indian was on the side of the road. I never forget that. And he had tears coming out of his eyes. Like, and he tried to get people to clean up. Okay. Like all around the whole country was junky and nasty. Okay. <laughs> now my next question, I gotta ask you this. What was the first dish that you cooked and you was like, you know what? And somebody, their reaction that you said, you know what? Yeah, I'm, I can cook. Uh, That's a great question. Here again, I got a good, a good story for that. My, like I said, we had a garden in our yard. So my dad grew a lot of... Uh, you know, greens and kale. We had tomatoes, all that stuff. So I was like, you know, I'm gonna take these ingredients out of the garden and make something. So I took some uh, bacon and, which I thought was greens. I guess later on down the road, my dad was like, there weren't no greens in here. So I guess I cooked some weeds or something. Oh, okay. But you know what? They taste good. Mm, that's great. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was greens. So you was but innovative and didn't know it. Yeah, didn't even know it. <laughs> it was like, oh, that was so good. But he's like, hold on, there ain't no greens. I done took all the greens out of the garden. I don't know what you just cooked. I think you just cooked some weeds or some dandelion. But you know wow. what? Now they have dandelion salads. So wow, that's people, crazy. You know, people weren't eating dandelion roots back then, but now you can eat dandelions. That's a fancy little dish right now. But uh, right then, like I said, I got the cooking bug at, at that age, man. Okay. Now let's jump to entrepreneurship. You know, so entrepreneurship is a um, – today it's like viewed as a cute thing, the thing to do, but as you know, it's not It's not an easy thing. Nah, so, not at all. What made you decide, you know what, I want to run my own business? 
Well, uh, that was one of the situations I went to. You know, I'm from Canton, so I went to uh, Akron U. And it was one of the situations where, you know, you're not really focused. You know, that's like what you preach and stuff, man, because we need to become focused early on in age. And one thing, you know, it is when you're in college and stuff. So I was going from major to major. And back then I was, you know, pretty much paying for my own school. And I'm like, it's getting expensive, man. But I was working in the rubber industry, too. Okay. You know, that's Akron's made up of in the 80s and stuff, like right. you said. So then after a while, I was like, man, this ain't working. I'm like, being had that love, let me, you know, for cooking. I had a love for culture. And I always got into, like, African culture or Spanish and all the different foods because I was always experimenting with foods. I always ate well. And I'm kind of your philosophy, what you preach in terms of taking care of yourself and your body. So I was big on nutritional eating, so I was always big on what I put in my body. Right. So I didn't eat health. I didn't eat fast foods. You know, I always ate healthy and always cooked my own, my own food. We would hoop, you know what I mean? We would hoop, my, my, my partners, and we all went to school on Thursdays. Hold on, pause real quick. You said hoop, so you saying you got some skills on the basketball court? No, I'm not saying that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had to check real quick. I had to check real quick. I had to check real quick. Uh, listen, I, play, I had a hustle. I played defense, I get rebounds. I like okay. a Dennis Rodman type of Okay, dude, okay, that's I mean? what's up, that's needed. When I get out there, it's exercise. So we, right. we played three on three, a couple of partners of mine. Then after that, we would, I would cook. Mm-hmm. Every Thursday, so I would okay. cook, you know, where I made something already ahead of time, and I say, like, boy, you can cook, and we just kick it, you know. Okay. So then after a while, I was like, you know what, I'm going to go to culinary school. I said, I want to have a, a restaurant. Little did I know, you didn't make a lot of money in the restaurant industry, you know what I mean? But that was just my goal. Right. To have a restaurant, so I just aborted going to school um, for pursuing a degree that I was going with. So I was like, you know, I'm going to just go to culinary school. So I moved to Pittsburgh, went to culinary school. And then from there, the rest is history. I really thought about, and then, you know, you didn't really research to know how hard it is to, to have a restaurant because I didn't know about the capital that you need, you know what I mean, building. So to become an entrepreneur, just a blessing and being at the right place at the right time, for me, how right. that worked out. So like I said, I pursued, went to the Ritz-Carlton for my externship. I was more in the high-end fine dining coming out of culinary school. Okay. That was the direction I wanted to go in terms of uh, food preparation. So right. it was like, I went to the Ritz-Carlton for a while. I worked at some country clubs, Linmore Country Club. And then I was working at uh, Piatto, which was a restaurant. You remember Piatto that was downtown? It was an Italian restaurant. It's cilantro now. You know okay. Cilantro uh-huh. So this dude, Roger Thomas, he's pretty famous in Akron. So I was like, you know, I moved from Cleveland, came down in Akron after I got married. And uh, was trying to pursue, you know, some, some higher culinary uh, skills in Akron. And at that time, Ken Stewart's and Piano were probably the two top restaurants in Akron. Okay. And so then they had closed in uh, about 15, 17 years ago. And my friend Roger, who's now in California, is a chef in California, he told me about the opportunity here at Edgar's Good Park. It just opened up and they just fired their chef. So I came in as a chef. And then uh, probably about four years after that, I became a 50% owner. Mm. And then uh, about eight, nine years ago, became 100% owner. One of the partners, it was three partners originally. Okay. And this is like right before the economic downturn. So you know how that was. You remember that, right? Mm-hmm. 2008. Mm-hmm. So at that time, his he lost his job. So I was able to uh, buy him out. And uh, I think, like I said, everything's timing, man. Somebody hit, ran into me head on. Um, coming out of uh, leaving Taco Bell one day. Don't oh, tell wow. nobody I was at Taco Bell. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, the world don't know. He was at Taco Bell. You have to order the egg. at Taco I Bell. I at Taco Bell. It was about 3 in the morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some crazy dude came down, ran into me, man. So, you know, I got a couple of dollars off of that piece. 
and I was able to use that to buy his fifty percent share to the mm. restaurant. And so, you know, just things kept on rolling to that. So, okay. And real quick, I got to jump in because he dropped so many jewels. You know, in my book goes good direction, which is available on my website jblackinspires.com. The process. First off, he had a goal, so he committed to the goal. He went to he moved. He moved, so sacrifice. He moved to Pittsburgh. Moved to Pittsburgh with the culinary school, and from there, he was he really interested in this industry. So he had a few jobs working at restaurants. He said he was at the high end in the high end part of the business, and from there, you know, he's there. So of course, he's learning the game, paying attention, and from there, he talked about timing. But you got to put yourself in position to be in your industry to actually right. achieve your goal. And from there, I was going to ask you this question because where did the name Eggers come from? But then I guess that's the part, right. of the name for this this area, for this park. And then from there. Yeah, I think um, once you fully commit to your process, I think God will just open up doors and provide you with the things you need to exactly. fully fully uh, get you where you need to go. And then from there, you're up and running, man. So I think um, that's, that story is powerful because a lot of people think what things happen overnight, right. but it was a process for you. And I think, like you said, when you mentioned uh, God opening doors and things like that, what I've realized, you know, you can do whatever you want to do as an individual. And sometimes you'd be surprised if you are faithful and think about it, you know, the doors will open up to you. You just gotta be ready for the opportunity. Mm. And then it's just difficult, you know what I mean? I always try. And in my field, you know, in the high end part, you don't see too many black high end chefs. Right. You know, so in the kitchen I was at, there's like maybe two. You mm. know, it's in Cleveland at the Ritz Carlton. Right. So you always have to be focused in terms of honing your skill in because everybody has somebody out there trying to be better. You know what I mean? Right. In terms of that constituency. And let's talk about that because I think some of my preaching my mentoring program, Go Get Academy, I tell my young kings and young queens, um, racism exists, but we can't use that as an excuse. And I, I talk about the Go Get a Mentality. Um, since we're here, why not be the greatest ever? No and doubt. that mentality is a win-win situation. Let's say you don't, it's about getting the best out of yourself as far as the effort. Okay, let's say you don't become the greatest ever. You just be no one of the greats. But my, my message, my point is that, is that greatness can't be denied. Right. So we have to be great if we want to win, you know, to overcome any obstacle. Because I look at racism as an obstacle. That still didn't achieve, that didn't stop you from achieving your goal. Right. That didn't stop a lot of people, other black men and women that just even today, you know, with uh, Kamala Harris, you know, she faced so many obstacles, but she, you see where she's at today. So no you got to keep going. So once you make up your minds, that greatness can't be denied. So I think it's, um, it's very inspirational, everything you're doing. Then we got to fast forward to Restaurant Impossible. Oh, how, how did that happen? One of those situations, man. Uh, we have been doing some, uh, it's one of those things where I was like, let me do a cooking show and do it on Facebook Live. I said, that way I can kind of hone in what I'm doing as far as, uh, you know, cooking in front of a camera. So I had a professional camera okay. man, do the, do the piece. And uh, we did a couple other videos. So I was like, you know what? I started noticing, you know how the game is when you have more content out there on the net. Mm -hmm. And this was some years ago that uh, I was like, I'm gonna do it for a year. Sooner or later, somebody's, you know, look out there or they're gonna see it and hopefully somebody say, hey, man, this guy got some potential or maybe could see where it leads to. Right. So, uh, you know, they called me about uh, last year and was like, hey, would you be interested in be, actually they called, you know, I have a event coordinator, Sarah, and she came and was like, hey, uh, Food Network called. I had to turn, turn down a lot of the calls, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. be busy, I'm cooking. Right, yeah. And I, I don't want to talk to them, whatever. She's like, hey, uh, Food Network's here. Uh, you want to talk to them? And I'm like, Food Network? <laughs> yeah, I'm talking I'm that. Hell bro. yeah, I want to talk to Food Network. So uh, they're like, uh, you know, we're from Restaurant Impossible. Would you be interested uh, in being on the show? I'm like, yeah. So I actually had to go through like a whole interview process. Right. 
after they initially called, you know, they want to know your whole background in terms of, you know, your employees. So I had to pick three employees that they had to interview as well. Okay. That's kind of like TV, how TV works. Right. So, uh, you know, I asked them, I said, well, why'd you just, you know, call us or whatever? And they said that uh, they looked online, you know, and uh, they wanted to come to Ohio. Mm-hmm. And they do a lot of their research online. So, therefore, if I wouldn't have that content mm. or they see me, you know what I mean? Right. On Facebook Live doing that piece, then they wouldn't have any kind of background information or see what kind of personality I was or how I kind of. So, that's why I put that out there and it, and it worked out for me, man. And once of course, you said uh, again, real quick, I just want to highlight this because you said, once again, that's the process. You committed to a year of doing that. Right. So, when then it, it came back, see, a lot of times people just, like I said, when things happen overnight, but that content was out there, and then from there they had they was able to do their research on you. And Correct. you might not get that instant gratification, but if you commit to the process and keep grinding and grinding and grinding, eventually it will pay off. So let's keep it going. Yeah. So I did that, and uh, you know they called, and we went through the interview processes. We have a couple nuts in our in my uh, staff. Uh-huh. You know, one in particular, I'm sure they caught their eye, and uh, they was like, oh, you know, we we'll probably go ahead and bring the cameras in. And it, like, restaurant business, a lot of times people think. You know, it's an easy business, especially if we're relocated out on a good part of golf course, man. It's difficult because of the fact that it tends to become seasonal. Summertime is our busiest time, but then in the wintertime, we take a big dip, man, just because mm-hmm. of the fact that we're not open in the golf course. And furthermore, the location where we're at, we're not on the main thoroughfare. So a lot of people don't know about Eggers in okay. terms of, you know, people passing it by on the street. We're at a dead end. You right. know what I mean? So you, you don't go right when you come up on Nome Avenue. There's no left, there's no straight. So we don't have a lot of uh, people to see us. So it's, it can be difficult. So it's not let alone, like I said, your margins are tight in the restaurant industry anyway. So it's not like we're out here banging our numbers. So our numbers were um, in a way that we, we did need the dudes help, you know what I mean, in terms of business-wise right. and things like that. Because you see a lot of restaurants. I think the uh, percentage of restaurants that – that survive, it's like, you know, if you survive in after two years and mm. being in the restaurant industry, it's kind of rare. You know what I mean? It's just it's just a difficult industry, especially nowadays with all this COVID stuff. Right, right. So let's talk about adjustments. You know, it was definitely with pandemic. You know, um, I know I've seen this, seen this show as far as you had to make a lot of adjustments. Then from there, you be, you've been willing to listen, you know. Right, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, willing to listen. And uh, it's funny, he had just texted me, you mentioned that, on Friday, Saturday, Robert did. So, uh, and that's one of the things that uh, during the show that I kind of, if you watch that first one, I was like, I just want to get through the show. Mm-hmm. I ain't trying to do no like TV drama stuff or yelling and getting goofy or, you know. And one thing about our situation in Eggers, we don't have a problem as far as I, if you've seen some other shows, the kitchen is like grimy. Right. The chef sucks. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or they don't want to listen. You know, I have my open mind. I just want to get through it. You pick right. whatever uh, critique and your an assessment of our business you want. I'm going to try to be open and listen, but I just want to get through the show. And then after, if you watch the show, you know, I was telling them being black, and I wasn't using that as a piece. I was just being a reality of the situation, you know what right. I mean? That, you know, we had a diverse crowd. If you've been here, you know, we have older people, white people, young people. Mm-hmm. Black, we had some hoodie people, and we had professionals, doctors, politicians, and I felt a lot of pressure in terms of I didn't want to, you know, drop the ball, but, you know, represent, you know, our people as well. And then, you know, I was just telling dude as far as, because he was kind of cracking on the cornucopia culture, 
because okay. that's the brand that we have because we do different foods and different cultures. Right. But then after a while, you know, he was like, oh, your menu's too big because I had different cultural aspects. But then once he's seen the people to come in and help you and the volunteers, you know what I mean? I, you're seeing how the show goes. Mm-hmm. You, you have people come yeah. in. So he, he started to see there was so many white people, so many, you know, black people, young, old, that we did have that mix, a cultural mix of people. And it, you know, kind of inspired him to see what I was saying about culture and the cornucopia, where he kind of appreciated where I was coming from. Right. And now I appreciate where he was coming from as far as what you were saying, as far as listening, right. not being open and trying to listen for a change. And from that, and I just thought the dude was just a regular dude. I mean, he's a star, you're a millionaire, make all kind of money. Right. But then at the same time, he's genuine and trying to help as a person who he is. And they kind of really hit me. So we actually, we had a sincere friendship. That's I thought he was just bullshitting, though. You know what I mean? In terms mm-hmm. of, okay, you know, we're cool. They was like, you know, after the show was done, you know, camera crew's leaving. We hung out. Dude was hanging around, laughing, giggling and stuff to about 1 in the morning. And the producer was like, man, he never hangs out. Yeah, I think so powerful. My wife pointed out, he loved all your food. Yeah, She yeah, said yeah. that. She, ne- she loved that. She watched that show. She's like, okay. she ain't never seen that. Man, right. She he never does that, too, where he's like, you, you know, he's always dogging on people's Yeah, so she was like, stuff. wow. She was like, yeah, man, that was that's big. There was yeah. a lot of firsts for, for him. And, uh, you know, like I said, he texted me on Saturday. was like, hey, we're not just checking up on you. How you doing? You know, I joke with him and stuff like that. But, And then the second show, he said, man, look, you we were a brother from another mother, you know. That's powerful. And it was, it was powerful. And, then, and the thing is, like, that goes to show you that you don't have to. People could have, like, you know, it's about who you are in right. terms of it's not about how much money you have, but who you are as your an character and your character. Mm-hmm. And that's what I saw in him. Like, that dude has a lot of character. He sent that to me, you know, in terms of, I listen, you know, I'm, I'm going to be genuine 100% with you. you know, right. I'm not trying to trying to be somebody who I'm not. And I think he's seen that too as well. Right. But I wasn't trying to open up. You know how it is. You don't right. try to open up to people, mm-hmm. especially on some TV stuff. Right. I just want to be, you know, Playing and get give me my re- renovation, right, right, <laughs> and keep it moving. But then, like you said, it's another thing that was a, a blessing that came on. Now I got a relationship out of this where I got a resource that I can you know call back on. But hey, what's up, Robert? X, Y, and Z. You know. And I think that leads to my next question: How important is it to have mentors? You know, and just that relationship, that new relationship you got. How important do you feel having a mentor is? Oh, it's huge. That's the biggest thing. I mean. It, you can't even make it out here without a mentor or somebody to look up to or somebody to guide you along the way. I still, you know what I mean? It's, a lot of times people think that you're in one position or that you, you're not, you're at the top. You're not at the top. There's a, the top is, I think, probably unattainable. Right. You know what I mean? I and think they, life, I think um, life is a lifelong journey for us now. Yeah, you never course. stop learning. It never stops. So in order to have those blessings come to me and have a situation where he can come in my life and, and I can use him as a resource and as a mentor. You know, dude was like, he showed me uh, on his phone, and he was, you know, he's not bragging or anything or X, Y. He's like, hey, man, you need to know all your aspects of your business. This is, I have a lot. You can't do it by yourself. You need to have people in place. Right. Here, here. I have people in this place. I have 11 businesses. Mm. He showed me on the phone, 11 businesses. You know, here they are on my phone. Here's the total for the week. You know, mm-hmm. and the total for a week was like, wow, that's what wow. you're making one, one week. You mm-hmm. know, each businesses was, you know, he has food businesses where they're like nutritional bars. He has some different food products, some stuff out in, 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 in Europe, you know what I mean? So he's pulling out 
figures, big right. figures. Put that attention to detail to show you what's possible, and that's that's, yeah, the, that's yeah, inspirational. Exactly. Right, super inspirational. So that's dope. Yeah. So what would you say? I gotta ask you this question. What would you say your keys to um, success is? If you had to share with somebody, what would you say? Uh, like I said before, it's timing and just trying to be prepared. It's like the same thing as far as cooking is concerned. Okay. We have a, a, a term called mise en place. Say it again. Mise en place. Okay. That means everything in its place. Okay. You know, a lot of French culinary uh, cooking and, and backgrounds is from France, from France. So that was like the first chefs in like the 17, early 1600s, King Louis, all those guys, you know, where they were chopping people's heads off and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And court, the chefs were the ones who were like, Dudes that were big time and they weren't getting their head chops off. They needed to eat. The kids. Right. They could be pissed off at some of the other people's in their parliament, but they gonna mess with the cook. Yeah, the cooks, the cooks right. was the one. So from there on, you know, that's some of the best chefs came from the world out of France. So mise, they use a lot of culinary terms that are French. So mise en place is one of them. So that means everything that's placed. So in order to do a great dish. You have to have all your things weighed, measured, chopped, prepared. So I think that's the same thing that goes on for me through, for life. You want to have, like you say, when you get up in the morning, you know, brush your teeth, of course, to do that, exercise, get your mind. That's your mesen plus for today. Okay. So my thing is, like, you have those things, and what you say with your goals, you have those things in order each day, and then, you, you know, those things will come to you, in my philosophy. They'll come right. to you because you're prepared. So if that situation didn't come to me and I was ill-prepared when it did come to me, then I wouldn't be where I am today because of the fact if I wasn't still trying to be and continue to try to, you know, it's easy to slip. Right. I'm not a per- perfect person. I'm always, each day, I would slipped a whole bunch of times. Right. You know, slipped and fell. Ice, whatever, I slipped. Whoa, something on there. <laughs> right. I think that's good that you said that because a lot of people, when they see that you reach a certain level of success, they think that uh, you're just unhuman, like you don't make mistakes. I think um, it's part of the journey. You know, but what something you're talking about, I think it leads to this quote. You didn't say it directly, but I don't believe in failure. I believe you either win or you learn. Right. You know, so if you keep that mindset and just keep growing, you know, and I got to definitely go into this because when you told me the number, we got to talk about family, you know, in the, in the black community. You've been married 24 years. You right. know, that's definitely powerful, you know. And uh, actually, we got three married men. You know, I got to shout out my guy, my engineer, the man in many hats, T-Vix. If you're not following him on social media, make sure you follow him. Him and his wife has a show, Tap In with T-Vix and Mrs. Dean. They have shows with over a million views. Before COVID-19, he was on tour at Master P. And he has a project dropping December 3rd with the game. So definitely follow my guy, T-Vix. But, uh, yes, we have three married black men in the building. I think we deserve a clap for that. Yeah. You know, I think we got to deserve a clap. <laughs> for that you know because you don't hear that often you know but me and my guy tvix we gonna we gonna suck up suck up some wisdom from the big homie because he got 24 years in you know he got 24 years in so just give us a jewel man because you know um i'm gonna keep it 100 i'm gonna be transparent with y'all when i just said i was gonna be married i was just thinking about it a couple of other guys they didn't say they was like well you know what um this was the conversation it's not what you do it's how you do it always take care of your family so to me i felt always take care of your family but it seemed like to me they was more telling me like whatever you do on the side just make sure you you know what I'm saying take care of things so off rip they was telling me like you know what I'm saying it's gonna be a situation where i couldn't just fully commit even though you say you're gonna commit to that right so i'm like dang this is the advice and i'm talking about like nine cats yeah. you know so um i want to hear your words of wisdom you know i think this is a conversation we definitely that our community to have and just what it takes for it to last. 
Yeah, it's tough, bro. I mean, uh, it's like business and stuff too. I've I've made mistakes in uh, my marriage and. I wasn't expecting some questions like that, but I thought we was about to talk about food. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I, I, had to, I, I had to hit you with an off guard. I had to hit you with an off guard. I had to hit you with an off guard. I got a full surprise. I had to hit you with an off guard. Yeah, but no, we, we talked uh, about not being perfect. No, I'm so just I, joking. But uh, no, for real, for real, I, I appreciate that, man. But uh, it's a tough journey, man. And I'm sure everybody's 50% of marriages ends in divorce, right? It's just hard statistics. But uh, Right. They said a lot don't even make it past five years. Yeah, the percentage that's like what eighties, nineties. Right. So I uh, guess true too. So uh, it's been difficult. I mean, my, I got a, a wife that's really put up with some uh, some failures of mine, and you know we all aren't perfect, as you said. But what I've learned about being married is it, it takes work. Okay. You know, and sometimes I think that's where the situation I've gone into, which has uh, put me in the situation I have to learn, is that. That's the key. You have to work at it. I have to work at it. Some right. people be at love at first sight. They'd be blissful. I think my aunt and uncle, I've seen, you know, I grew up in a in a type of family, man. Like I said, I'm a little older than you. So it's like, you know, I come from a type of family where you ain't supposed to be getting divorced and stuff like that. My parents never got divorced or grandparents or things like that. So so what, so what you seen growing up, how long, are they, you said they still married? What's, uh, my, my father passed away before he was about 10 years ago. But a lot, a lot of my aunts and uncles, my aunts are, you know, they got all blissful marriages and, you know, a couple of my cousins, they all like, you know, all together. So it's one of those things, like I said, I see they, they, they put a lot of work in their, in their, in their, my brother does too. You know, he lives in Baton Rouge and okay. his wife's from Mississippi. And he's like, bro, you know, I've went through some, some tough times with my wife and, you know, some challenges. I'd be honest with you, brother. And in, in this, in this industry, there's a lot of temptations, man. Cause you know, I see, and plus I'm like out of the house a lot. Right. You know what I mean? It's not like, we both work nine to five jobs. Right. I'm more like 11, for a while I was like, I'd be 11 to, to three in the morning. Right. You know what I mean? 11 right. to four in the morning. So, you know, we got alcohol out here. We got, you know, your party and you get, uh, yeah, I don't know if you ever seen Anthony Bourdain. You ever heard of him? Yeah, I heard that. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So he had a book, you know, that came out in the 90s, kind of like, tell all of the, the cooking industry and, and right. it's, it's one of those industries where you know I'll, I'll be honest like I said when you have alcohol and women and food and all those things together it could be could be dangerous it could be dangerous you know he come up, it's, it could be it's tough so and then if your marriage isn't fortified with those things like you said you have it's like an exercise right if your muscles getting flabby mm. You ain't doing no curls or push-ups, right. you know what I mean? Then you just you could just be susceptible for a kidney shot. Exactly. So uh, I like that analogy. I like yeah, that analogy. Good. I like that analogy. And well, so, I appreciate I appreciate the transparency. I appreciate yeah, the transparency. Yeah, man. Thank you, bro. Uh, you know, like there's a lot of work. I'm I'm thankful. You know, for my I got a great family. Uh, great. I got two kids, 20 and uh, 18, Camlin and Marcus, and my wife Alberta, Kama. She's from Liberia, so. We've uh, grown a lot and went through a lot too, man. So marriage ain't made easy for for everybody. So, but thank you, bro. That's what's up. That's what's up. So I appreciate the transparency and marriages. That's definitely a beautiful thing. But one thing he said, and I think people need to receive this: it takes work. Duh. So you can't be lazy. You got to work. You talking about them exercising the muscles? You got to exercise. It's it's a constant uh, exercise. You got to stay in shape. So I think that's definitely powerful. Um, last question, and we gonna wrap it up. Um, where do you see Eggers five years from now? Man, I'm just trying to trying to make it right now. It's difficult with this COVID stuff going on, and right. you know we don't even know where we're going to see each other or see 
five months from now, let alone five years. I mean, because the numbers continue to go up. We're seeing, uh, you know, COVID rates going and people are uh, hesitant to, to be indoors. And then we're only able to see how that's going to be once it gets really cold in the summertime. So right. we're trying to do what we're trying to do in terms of have great carryout foods. Right. I'm working with, uh, there's a young lady, man, she's from Akron, um, but she lives in New York, and she has okay. a tea company. You might check her out. She's uh, okay. in, in Sri Lanka. So her tea is called Cerner Tea. So she has 100 acres. Okay. Black and uh, 100 acres in uh, India, and they do organic teas, green teas, all on a health um, situation. So she does turmeric, banana chips, coconut oil, cardamom, grows all these spices. So she's opening up a tea house in Kimwari this spring. Okay. So we'll be doing all their food. We're going to do like some uh, bone broth soups. So what's it's, uh, she's working partner up with Suma Healthcare. Okay. I've been in the teas for about 10, 15 years. Okay. So I drink teas. I make my own teas with tea press. Okay. So like you say about that whole mental health and physical right. stuff, you know, I try to work out and stay in shape. And uh, tea is the first thing that I drink. It's not like Lipton teas or anything like that. So it's green tea. I mix rubies. I eat a lot of teas. I go to an Asian market in Cleveland. And so it's on 30th and Payne. There's they have an Asian pharmacy. So I drink green teas, turmeric, and I mix my own teas. But she's bringing this whole tea concept that a lot of our people we don't know about. Right. And if you look in Asia, if you look in the Middle Eastern society, tea is a big thing as far as your health and your nutritional benefits. So she's opening up this, and I'm gonna be doing the food aspect of it. So we'll okay. be doing some uh, bone broth soups. And people would just make their own little soups and sandwiches and stuff like that. Okay. And this would be coming in Kimmore. But after that, you know, I'm trying to do some other aspects. We're trying to start up a picnic basket company, too. We're, okay. uh, you know, it's all this stuff is going out now. So uh, we're doing, like, some healthy stuff. So you, you can just order, carry out picnic baskets. We can explore the metro parks. Go, hopefully when things open up where you do concerts and stuff like that, mm -hmm. go to Blossoms. So where we have a picnic basket, you can take the Blossoms. Take explore the metro parks, take the concerts, and then we're also doing uh, Eggers on the Hill up at uh, the Radisson in Montrose. Okay. So right now we're just doing breakfast, so we're gonna do all our events there. So if you got a party or some kind of social event you want to do when things start clearing up, but there's plenty of space out there now where right. people can have. You know, we had two ballrooms out there, okay. so people can have a little social event. There's plenty enough space for social gatherings. So we're trying to get off into uh, those aspects for the next five years and keep okay. it pushing. Okay, that's great. So life is all about adjustments. And you hear there, he's right. making some adjustments and just being creative. And that's the beauty of entrepreneurship. Once you say success is the only option, you know it's about you just committing to the process and doing what you need to do. And my guy here is definitely a go-getter, and he's going to do what he needs to do. You know, so I appreciate y'all tuning in to the Go-Getter podcast with Jay Black. Uh, my first book, Goals Give Direction. Yes, it's out. It's available. Subtitle, Goal Setting with Strong Faith will activate your superpower. Make sure you visit jblackinspires.com and also the motivational speaking album. Same title, Goals Give Direction, is also available. It's on all digital platforms. And I do got some hard copies and decks, so definitely get with me. Um, I want to shout out my young kings and young queens of Goal Getter Academy. You know, we met, we had a great month. Looking forward to our virtual session tonight. So um, keep up the great work. Um, we do got a Goal Getter of the Week. You know, we got a Goal Getter of the Week, so I'm going to shout him out you know i gotta shout out my guy maddox maddox barnett you know he actually helped me with the um speaking engagement he was my videographer so he came um to one of my speaking engagements he did a great job so big shout out to actually he's a two-time go get award winner he's been with the program since i started in 2018 so big shout out to maddox barnett 
Um, also, also, I want to, um, also, if you want to be a blessing to the Go Get It movement, you know, you can go to jblackinspires.com or Go Get It Academy. Definitely make a donation. Um, committed to just instilling winning principles into our youth young. You know, um, I believe that's the key to making a better future, you know, to the world. You know, we got to still winning principles into our youth young. Well, Go Get It Academy, we focus, we focus on goal setting, leadership development, entrepreneurship, financial literacy, uh, community service. So definitely um, check us out. Also, you know, I got to I gotta put this out there. Next week, I got a new motivational. It's, it's about to be hoodie season, so I got a new design for y'all. So definitely be on the lookout for that. You know, um, it's definitely coming. You know, right now, you can go to the website, grab your success with the only option, shirt or hoodie. Also, beast mode activated, you know, because you definitely got to be, you got to be aggressive. You got to be a beast if you want to win that life. You know, you got to make a decision. You got to be willing to go through the ups, downs, twists, and turns. So I appreciate y'all tapping into the Go Get A Podcast with Jay Black. I love and believe in you. And I'm actually going to end with a track off my motivational speaking album called Beast Mode Activated. Nice. So I love and believe in you. And always remember, always remember, always remember. Hold up before I end. I got to do this. I need you to say your social media information so they can stay in contact with you. Okay. Now, yeah, we had a... Uh eggersrestaurant.com but then you can check us out on Facebook at Eggers Restaurant and uh, we appreciate let us know what you need we out here to you know my man got us inspired out here <laughs> <laughs> that's right you know, you're doing it bro and I gotta say this too you know cause he's out to actually have a distributed sample so I'll give y'all a picture I'll let y'all know how great it tastes you know what I'm saying but um, don't be jealous you know I got my personal dish I'm about to try I know y'all probably hungry <laughs> out there you know but I'll make sure I savor every bite for y'all so on that note make sure you come out to Edgar's restaurant definitely yes, support man they're doing great things 5.30 known and right now it's adjusted hours but you can go to the website yep. for the information and you can order online for carry out we have a little carry out menu you can check out order online Pick it up. We bring it out to your car. You can order all your stuff, see what the price is, and we appreciate your business. Appreciate you coming in, Jay. Right, right. So come out, come out. Definitely support the business. So now I can say, I can wrap it up. So here we go again. Always remember, always remember, always remember. Only person that can stop you is you. Yes. What up, world? Yeah, it's your boy Jay Black. Every day I'm grinding the greatness. I'm a goal getter. Let's get straight to it. I'm excited. Yeah. I woke up just tired of being tired, so it's time to level up. Beast mode activated. I woke up just tired of being tired, so it's time to level up. Beast mode activated. 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 Woke up. Tired of being tired, so it's time to level up. Beast mode activated. It's time to level up. Level up. It's time to level up. Level up. Tired of being tired. Tired of being tired. Beast mode activated. It's time to level up. Level up. It's time to level up. It's time to level up. I'm tired of being tired.
woke up just tired of being tired, so it's time to level up. Beast mode activated, beast mode activated, beast mode activated, beast mode activated, beast mode activated. Woke up tired of being tired, so it's time to level up. Beast mode activated. Were you really tired of being tired? That's when change will occur in your life. I woke up one day and said, you know what? It's time for things to change. Beast mode activated. Go get a podcast with Jay Black. Go get a clothing. Go get an academy. My speaking business is operated under my imprint, Go Getter. I believe that goal getters make the world go round. But if you want to win, you got to come to a point that you lock in on you. You don't care what nobody say. You do you. And you say to yourself, Beast Mode Activated. Beast Mode Activated. Oh, yeah, Jay Black Motivational Speaker Albums. Beast Mode Activated. Know that listen to this. I woke up tired of being tired, so it's time to level up. Beast Mode Activated Beast Mode Activated Soon to be author Beast Mode Activated Oh yeah, I'm an actor too Beast Mode Activated Levels up Beast Mode Activated Go get a podcast with Jay Black. Stay excited and connected. www.jblackinspires.com